The playoffs are here. It's the Jazz and the Mavericks. It's Donovan and Luka Doncic. What can we learn from the regular season matchups? What do we know about where the Jazz and the Mavericks sit? And what can we do about clutch play? We'll talk about it all coming up on the first of the playoff breakdowns. It is Locked on Jazz. Pow. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thank you very much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. And thank you very much for tuning in. It is free and available on all platforms each and every day for you, whether it's on YouTube, where you can subscribe, by the way, and hit that little nice button in the back and it tells you the bell and tells you when we are live or whether or not it happens to be uh, coming to you uh, via any of your podcast apps. All right, so it's the Jazz and the Dallas Mavericks. We are finally here. And honestly, from a pure Jazz standpoint, we'll dig into the matchup. I don't know exactly what to think. Uh, Quinn Snyder told us all season long that the goal was to be healthy. That more than anything else out there, what the Utah Jazz wanted to do was to be healthy. And we are. We're healthier than we were at this time last year. Donovan, at this point, was dealing with an ankle injury. We frankly were in the exact situation that the Dallas Mavericks are in uh, right now with Donovan, you know, coming, not never kind of making it. It was a little different. Donovan never made it back for the regular season. We kept waiting and waiting and thinking he would. And then eventually Mike Conley would get hurt as he uh, in the playoffs. So I think from, you know, first goal, Quinn Snyder said all season long, was to make sure that the Jazz were going to be healthy when they hit the postseason, and they've done that. Kevin Pelton was on our radio broadcast last night, and he made an interesting point. Like, you know, the Jazz kind of were screwed if they did and screwed if they didn't this year. If they'd gone and had a great regular season, it would have made us all happy. Everybody was, well, it doesn't, doesn't really count because, you know, last year you proved you're a great regular season team, you're not a playoff team. And then this year, instead, we had somewhat of a tumultuous and changing off uh, season. And the reaction was, see, this proves that you're not good enough. Um, and that there's all sorts of drama around it. And we have certainly have been drama-filled. Uh, but now we'll find out, you know, is that drama real? Is that drama um, and all that talk actually a distraction and a problem for this team? Or is it just a bunch of outside noise is not actually representative of this team. There's no question this team has a close game, clutch pro game problem right now. They're, they're, like, we'll dig into that. That became obvious again on Friday. Um, but from the you know the standpoint of the goals of the season, and you know one of the the primary goal was healthy and ready to, and and available for the playoffs. They're there. They're, they're healthy. They got through it. They get time. They get to prep. Number two, I think, was to have an ability to deal with teams that spread them out. In other words, how do they keep Rudy Gobert close to the rim and still impacting shots? And teams 
all season long, moved the Jazz defensively, made them try to play in a different manner. The Jazz have seen more, uh, you know, more teams are about as well prepared for the Utah Jazz as any team in the league. I think the Jazz are the most scouted team in the league. And so to me, that means that they've probably been more prepared for the playoffs uh, than, than they've ever been before. In fact, you know, a year ago, if you go back, we played the L.A. Clippers early in the year, and they put Marcus Morris in the corner, and they made this big fourth-quarter run, and everyone kind of knew, wow, that that could be our kryptonite. And then there wasn't a lot of preparation. There wasn't a lot of game planning last year in because of COVID, and people didn't do that to the Jazz. And then they got to the playoffs, and suddenly the Clippers did, for once Kawhi got hurt. Uh, and so now the Jazz have had a tumultuous seven months of having to deal with it. And they're not nearly as good a defensive team because of it. They were number one in the league a year ago. They didn't allow any threes a year ago. Now they're 11th. Teams have spread us out. They've exposed our guys. They drive downhill on us. We weren't as good in transition defense. Like, it it was pretty clear what our weaknesses were, and they were thrown at us each and every night of the season. And the Jazz have to learn how to handle that. And the second one was dealing with switching defenses. And frankly, the Jazz have torched switching defenses this year until the final five minutes of a game when they just become ungodly stagnant um, and stop moving the ball and stop playing with the pass and stop doing the things that they that they need to do. We'll dig into that a little bit on clutch play today. Um, and so, you know, I think the Jazz have gone through a tumultuous seven month in which the team has been completely, frankly, changed. Juancho Herman Gomez and Daniel House will play in the first playoff game this year. They weren't on the roster when the year started. And frankly, they weren't really picked up in the kind of trade that you would expect to add to our roster. That that might sum it up as much as anything. When the year started, obviously we thought Joe Ingles would be a major piece of it. I don't I think we'll end up with a different closing lineup in games. Daniel House is bigger. So if he, if Lucas goes, I think you'll see Royce, you know, Royce O'Neal being guarded or guarding uh, the, excuse me, Daniel House guarding uh, Luka Doncic instead of Royce O'Neal, though, frankly, Royce um, does some things pretty darn well um, in in some of those matchups because he's physical and strong on him uh, during the year. But I think you'll see that matchup uh, more and you'll see Hernan Gomez, uh, who has just brought a great element to this team as somebody who, is going to end up playing a lot of minutes. So we're we're certainly a different, different team than we were in the year started. Um, and we're here now. And then uh, and so we're going to find out. Dallas is going to switch everything one through five. Will we keep the ball movement going, or will we just go hunt Luka Doncic and hunt Jalen Brunson a little bit, who's not as good and long defensively? They're going to spread us out. Maxi Kleba, who's been in a terrible um, slump, uh, shooting. Uh, last time we saw him, I didn't. I don't know if he busted out of it in the last five games. I haven't gotten to that level of prep yet. We'll be playing the center with Dwight Powell, and these guys will uh, spread us out. This is going to be the test. And then they've got the monster. If Luke is ready to go, the monster's coming downhill at us and going to be driving downhill to the basket. Either you know, and the question is, do you do like the Clippers last year? Just wore him down. He was unbelievable in the playoffs, but he wore down. And there's going to be an ongoing discussion because of the way Dallas has developed. And today's kind of our overriding 
um, wide ranging preview to the series. And then if you want it this week, I'm get, I'll get in. I love playoff prep more than anything. I'll tell you what Luca Doncic does if he has Cheerios compared to Fruit Loops in the morning. And uh, we will have every detail and every note and everything about every single thing about the Jazz and the Mavericks on this show for the next four days. We'll do a crossover with Lockdown Mavericks as well. So every day, please make us your first listen. Um, and so we're going to see what happens here as these teams, you know, as Dallas can do all of the things that we struggle with. Um, and Luke is going to be coming at you when he goes right. He's in, you know, he picked us apart when they forced him left. He has to score a little bit more himself. Um, he's not as good a passer that way. What do we, what do we, how do we deal with that? Like, do we just decide to let Luca try to score 70? Do we decide to try to take away their newfound corner three shooters on their team? The thing that's interesting about Dallas, they haven't won anything yet. Right? So Dallas hasn't won much. Jason Kidd hasn't won much um, as a head coach. And so they, you know, I think the one thing that's nice about Dallas compared to Golden State um, is that I, you know, Golden State just would have been, I think, a tremendous beast to knock out. You know, Draymond Green would have been a snake that you had to like cut off his head and then he would have grown another head and you would have had to figure it out. You know, Jason Kidd uh, and Dallas Mavericks as a collective group don't have any, you know, uh, background. Kidd has won one playoff series in his career. He's been in four. He won it in his first year in Brooklyn. They won a single uh, playoff series in the 13-14 season. Uh, they beat Toronto in a game seven. They win and then lose to Miami. That's the year they go 44-38. and 38. That's the team that had Joe Johnson, Darren Williams, Brooke Lopez, Paul Pierce. Um, pretty darn good uh, Kevin Garnett. That was, a, that was a loaded team, and then they collapse against Miami um, in the next series. So, you know. Jason Kidd has won a playoff series as a head coach. He won a one-point game seven against the Toronto Raptors um, as his win. Um, so I think you, you know, this is a this is a guy who doesn't have a they don't have a huge experience edge over the Utah Jazz. All right, we'll talk about uh the four matchups the two teams had, why only two of them are viable. We'll look, we've got so many players play. We'll look at both these teams with the, only the players that are going to play this year, and we'll give you an overview of the play of these two teams. Um, and give you kind of a good set on that. Plus, we'll look at some of our clutch play issues, which are a bigger conversation. Don't mean to bury them in the third segment today, um, but we'll get to those um, in just a second. Monday edition of Locked on Jazz is brought to you by my friends over at Murdoch Chevy. Murdoch Chevy, located in Woods Cross, also located in Logan. Uh, good people, the Murdochs, they are not charging more than MSRP. What an incredible statement and nice act that they're making that they have decided not to uh, charge more than uh, MSRP, because as Blake literally said to me, I, I don't want to walk around town and see people that I, um, that I took, you know, I took for an extra five grand because I could like, that's just not how it's supposed to work. So go check out Chevy experience. The Murdoch trust, the Chevy name has got the suburban, the Tahoe, plus a great SUV lineup, uh, with the tracks, the traverse and the blazer all available for you. And then obviously the trucks, the Colorado and the Silverado are simply the best over at Murdoch Chevy, if you're going to head over there, feel free to email me first at dlock09 at gmail.com. I'll set up a meeting with you with any of their expert VIP salespeople give you that VIP experience. Today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar. 100% real chocolate, 100% delicious. The caramel brownie, the raspberry cheesecake are up and available for you and on sale right now. The puffs are there, the coconut marshmallow, the churro, the banana cream pie. I just got my latest delivery that I ordered of my puffs. 
Go check it all out at Built Bar. That's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar with only 130 calories, 2.5 fat grams, four net carbs, four sugars, six grams of fiber, and 17 grams of protein. You could grab a Snickers and a Milky Way and get the same experience, but you're getting three times as many calories about, you're getting about 10 times the net carbs. I'm exaggerating. You're getting about seven times the sugar. You don't want to do that. You could grab a protein bar. They taste gross. So it's the perfect mix of the two. If you're going for a candy bar or a protein bar, Built Bar is the answer for you, and you'll come out better on either side. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off Built Bar. That's LOCKED15 at Built.com. All right, let's take a quick look at the four games that took place this year between the Jazz and the Dallas Mavericks. Only two of them are really relevant. Our first matchup was a 120-116. Well, this game could become very relevant, frankly. Uh, 120-116, close game win uh, by the Jazz over the Mavericks. Luka Doncic doesn't play. Kristaps Porzingis does. He has 27 points, nine rebounds, and three assists. Assuming, again, you might be new to the program and we're trying to just give you kind of a base knowledge today, Dallas makes a big move at the trade deadline, and they trade Kristaps Porzingis for Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. Not two big names. Dinwiddie's become a second ball handler to go along with the great Luka Doncic, who's just amazing, and has really helped the Mavericks and propelled them to kind of being a different team than they were prior to that. And multiple ball handlers, not as Luka dependent, spreading out a little bit more, and they and they have and and really, I think without the drama, because I think there really was some drama around Kristaps Porzingis. So that game, frankly, doesn't have a lot to it. Donovan had thirty three, Boyan has twenty two, Conley had twenty two, twenty Boyan had twenty five, uh, Conley had twenty two. Joe Ingles and Rudy Gay play in that game again. No Luka, so I'm going to dismiss that game. Other than, frankly, if Luka is not going to play in this series, we'll find out. He's having an MRI today. If you missed it, Luka had a calf strain last night, late in the third quarter. And, you know, we know that calf strains on average take about 14 to 17 days. Now, we'll see what Luka's was uh, and how long it is. Uh, but that's kind of the average calf strain. So that could be a, obviously the number one story of this playoff series is Luka and his injury. Uh, for that. Sorry, I should have led with that. Uh, I, I kind of screwed up early in the show and had some assumed knowledge and I shouldn't be doing. We won't have as much assumed knowledge in the playoffs uh, for you. For those of you that are high end, we're going to we're going to bring some, you know, make people feel comfortable uh, during the show. The second matchup, the Jazz went at 114-109. This is a pretty good look. The Jazz started the regular five. Their rotation that night was Jordan Clarkson, Trent Forrest, Daniel House, Hassan Whiteside, Eric Pascal played seven minutes. Um, so the only thing that's interesting there is Juancho Hernan Gomez doesn't play and Rudy Gay didn't play. So I think you'd see Hernan Gomez in some of those minutes. F- 15 minutes for Trent Forrest is interesting. I don't know that we'll see that much. But otherwise, the Jazz are pretty much on par right there. Donovan has 33 again. He's 11 of 19, 7 of 12 from 3. Gobert has a big night, 14 points, 17 rebounds, goes 6 of 6. And the Jazz win at 114-109. Um, they, you know, a close game closed by the Jazz in that one, if I remember correctly, um, in that fourth quarter that they actually win a close game late. The game was um, tied at 102, tied at uh, the Jazz led it, uh, tied at 107 with two minutes left, and the Jazz closed it out on a bogey three. Gobert hit a layup, Conley had some free throws, and that's when Rudy Gobert guards Luka Doncic late in the game, and the Dallas Mavericks 
uh, and the Jazz win that one, 114-109. I'll rewatch that game tonight uh, with no other NBA going on. That's that's a That one has got everything to it um, to look at. It's a, it's a great matchup. The Jazz win it. All the right players play. Uh, the pace of play was super slow, which it will be in this series because Dallas is slow pace of play. We're a slow pace of play team. Uh, the Jazz shoot lights out that night. Probably a little bit of an unnatural shooting game for the Jazz. They go 16 of 38 from three. They shoot 54% from the field. Um, and so, you know, that that's if that's what it takes, that's going to be a lot. Our turnover rate's high. We crushed them on the offensive glass at a 29% offensive rebounding rate. Um, Dallas has a pretty good shooting night as well at 57%. Um, and the Jazz win that one. Again, late, it's, it's the key headliner is the late play. Then... The two teams play twice more, in, and the next two are in Dallas. Uh, and th- one of these, I think, has something to it. The other one, I would say, has has a little less to it. So this, the first one has something to it. The Jazz are on the end of a long road trip. They played Phoenix. They go to Houston. They then played New Orleans. They play Oklahoma City, and they come back to Dallas on the back end of a back-to-back. So it's the fifth game of an eight-game road trip on a Monday night on a back end of a back-to-back, and the Jazz lose it 111-103. They kind of run out of gas midway through the third quarter. Donovan, who is far better this year with rest than no rest, goes 5 of 19 from the field and 2 of 9 from 3. Um, the, n- the numbers on Donovan this year, and we'll get into them during the week with more detail, when he has rest are a 100 times better than when he doesn't have rest. So that's relevant to this game the Mavericks change the way they play defense and Gobert suddenly only gets five shots in this game um and uh Royce O'Neal ends up taking a bunch of threes he hits him he has 13 Bogdanovich has 21 Mike Conley has a poor game that game he did not play the night before in Oklahoma City but this is our regular rotation other than Rudy Gay played 13 minutes he played well he was minus one um, and we had all of our regular players, and so did they. Spencer Dinwiddie kills us for 23. Luca goes for 35, 16, 7 with three assists, steals in that game. He's unstoppable. They hit, they take 46 threes in the game and hit. We uh, don't shoot nearly as well. They shoot a little bit better. We don't have this. We have a good offensive rebounding game, but not nearly the same as what we did last time. And Dallas beats us in that game. And then the final matchup I'm, I would throw out. Um, it's again, we're in the middle of a long road trip and we don't have our guys. Um, the Mavericks beat us 114, 110. Rudy Gobert doesn't play in that game. Boyan Bogdanovich doesn't play in that game. Uh, Donovan Mitchell again goes, has a poor night, goes four of 13. So it's worth kind of digging in that on the last two matchups, Donovan's not as good as he was earlier and they have different players now. Rudy Gay's very good in that game. He has 18 points, eight rebounds and two assists. So, you wonder whether or not Rudy Gay has some matchup with Dallas, but Rudy Gay's basically, they, Jazz didn't have a center. So I'll dismiss that one, throw it out the same way I threw out the Christmas um, game uh, so far. So I think those are in the four matchups this year. That's how you look at it. All right, we'll look at the two rosters. Uh, maybe I'll push the clutch play to later in the week. It's a big topic. It t- deserves more. Well, let's look at the two rosters, kind of how both teams play what they do, what their kind of makeup is, what they do well, and then with their main guys on the floor, how good are they in a year where so many other players play? Uh, today's show is brought to you by betonline.net. 
Uh, get into all the action. Enjoy the playoffs and the fun that is there. It's your number one source for all betting stats and information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs to esports and more. Head to the website today to use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online. Where the game starts, let's check and see if we have any NBA, what they have up for NBA uh, right now. Um, opening night, Jazz are a two-point favorite over the Mavericks. It's interesting. It's actually, I'm surprised it's on the board. Brooklyn is an eight-point favorite tomorrow over, against Cleveland. The Minnesota Timberwolves in the play-in game are a three-point favorite against the Clippers. On the eight of the nine ten matchups, Atlanta is favored to play, beat Charlotte, so you would end up with Atlanta versus Cleveland. New Orleans is favored to beat the Spurs, so you'd end up with New Orleans against the Clippers. And the 76ers is the home team are favored by four and a half. The Warriors are favored by four, and the Bucks are favored by nine and a half. The only home team not favored right now is the uh, Dallas Mavericks. Uh, and the championship odds heading into the playoffs, the Suns at 270 plus 275, the Bucks at 525, Nets at plus 700, Celtics at plus 750. They could match up in the first round. The Nets are favored. The Warriors at plus 900, the Grizzlies at plus 1100, the Heat at plus 1200, 76ers plus 1200, Dallas, Denver, and Utah all at plus 2500. So people aren't quite seeing us as a uh, playoff contender. Those lines are all at betonline.net. All right, let's look at the two teams without the guys. So if you take the Jazz take, Zylan Chatham and Xavier Sneed and Adoka Zaboki and Norvell Pell and Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Mia Oni and Joe Ingles and Malik Fitz and Jared Butler and Greg Monroe and Elijah Hughes and Eric Paschal and Denzel Valentine off the floor. So I'm leaving both Rudy Gay and Juancho Hernan Gomez available. The Jazz for the year are plus 8.0. Their offense is a 119.0, which puts them in the 92nd percentile offensively. Their defense is a 111.0, which puts them in the 64th percentile overall defensively. If we put Rudy Gobert on the floor, which he will be for more than usual, though Hassan Whiteside's been great, so I don't know actually if he will be. If you put Rudy Gobert on the floor, the defense drops to a 108.4 and moves into the 82nd percentile. And we are a plus 8.7. We get a little bit better when you have more minutes from Rudy Gobert at the center. Our main lineups. Uh, so this year, with, with all of our guys healthy, the main lineups you're going to see are starting five is a plus 8.2. Our next lineup, which is Clarkson coming into the game with uh, Hassan Whiteside, is plus 6.7. Our Clarkson coming in and staying with Rudy Gobert is a plus 4.7. The bridge lineup with Rudy Gay and Daniel House is plus 18.1. The bridge lineup with Daniel House and Juancho Hernan Gomez is plus 54.2 in 70 uh, possessions. Every lineup the Jazz have, as long as Rudy Gobert is at center, the Jazz are a are positive and dramatically positive. If you isolate these to just center minutes, when Rudy Gobert is on Whiteside goes to center, the Jazz jump to a plus eight point seven on the season. 
And our lineups are plus 8.2, plus 6.7, plus 4.7, plus 18.1, plus 19.4, plus 30.7 with Donovan Mitchell, Trent Forrest, Royce O'Neal, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Son Whiteside. Uh, then Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Royce O'Neal, Juancho Hernan Gomez, and Rudy Gobert plus nine. The only negative lineup is Jordan Clarkson and Trent Forrest. So Trent Forrest playing without Mike Conley or Donovan Mitchell, and I can't imagine that that happens unless we have injuries in the playoffs. So that that gives you a pretty encouraging view of who the Utah Jazz are. On the Dallas Mavericks end, without Boban, Brandon Knight, Kerlick Jones, Charles Jones, Eugene Omori, Frank Nilakina, George King, Wakori McLaughlin, Isaiah Thomas, Marquise Chris, Moses Brown, Moses Wright, Theo Pinson, Willie Colleystein, Trey Burke, Tim Hardaway Jr., Kristaps Porzingis, and Sterling Brown. They are a plus 7.0. So the Jazz were a plus 8.0, and without a center, they're plus eight. They were a plus 8.7. Their offense is a 118.2 in the 89th percentile. Our offense was in the 92nd percentile, so very similar. And their defense is a 111.3 in the 64th percentile. If you recall, the Jazz defense was in the 60, uh, excuse me, theirs is in the 63rd. Ours was in the 64th percentile. Incredibly similar teams when you look at it this way in an incredibly similar matchup between these two teams. Uh, with the offense, 119.0 versus 118.2. And the defense is 111.0 versus 111.3. Amazingly similar overall look of teams and they have a negative lineup luca jalen brunson finney smith maxi kleba and dwight powell but i don't think they'll play that they have not been playing powell and kleba together and i can't imagine it with us they also have a negative lineup of luca spencer dinwiddie reggie bullock dorian finney smith and maxi kleba which ironically enough is the lineup that probably fears i fear the most uh, in this playoff series for them has been a 9.5 and has not defended well. They are sprinkled with all sorts of negative lineups um, for them. If Luka's on the floor, the interesting thing about the Mavericks this year is they don't get a dramatic amount better. In fact, they get a little less good. They're plus 6.5. So they've been pretty good without Luka. I don't think that's a model for them to be able to handle it for an entire playoff series. Um, so I, it will be interesting to see what happens in that regard. But when you look at these two teams, the other one that's really interesting when you look at these teams this season is how they rank in their pace of play. These are two teams that play in the half court. And the Jazz are not a particularly good transition defense, but if that, that is probably the biggest story. If you took a percentage of plays in the half court, the Dallas Mavericks play 83.8% of their plays in the half court, the second, the most of any team in the NBA. They're the second best half court offense in the NBA. The Jazz are the fourth best half court offense, and the Jazz play 80.7%, 19th in the league in, uh, in half court play. So you have two great half court offenses playing. The Jazz offensive rebound are number one in the NBA on points off an offensive rebound and get the third most amount of points off misses, Dallas does not. They're 30th in the NBA in offensive rebounding and 28th off points. That'll be a huge thing is whether the Jazz can win the glass well enough. The other interesting thing is the Mavericks are 28th in the league in transition. They're in transition, the second least of any team in the league. And can the Jazz not get beat in transition, keep the game in the half court, and have Rudy Gobert have the impact 
on all of it. All right, that's our opening look. I'll be watching, digging deep, knowing more stuff. It's going to be a great week. Hope you dig in with me. We will dig into clutch play. I've got a bunch of notes. We were great at one point and became terrible at another. And what do we do about it? Because that'll be the key to the playoffs. It's all coming up this week on Locked on Jazz. Thanks very much for making us our first listen. Locked on NBA has got you for your second listen this week to give you ready for the whole news all week long here on the Locked on Podcast Network.